what it is. And on the way, we're gonna like um, blast music and laugh and like have a great time on the way instead of like a silent car ride. Like you feel it trying to like focus and like trying to figure things out on your own and trying to figure your directions out and all of that. It's like, I'm in the passenger seat. Like, oh, make this turn there. I know a short, shortcut, let's go that way. Oh, do you like the song? <laughs> oh, why are you so quiet? What's going on? You know, like we're livening up the experience and also making sure like you get there. Like, Hello friend, and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative field, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. Yes, we're back. It's been a while. I promised on the last episode that I would be back mid-January, but it kind of wasn't possible because I got COVID and wasn't feeling my best, and then I had to catch up on things. But I am back making great episodes for you, and I'm very excited for this one. This is a conversation with Samoa Blanchett, who is not only a creative, but also a coach for creatives. My own personal feelings about coaches are very complicated and we address them on this episode, but I just loved it. I love Samoa's energy. I think it's a great episode full of uh, tips and insights, and it really gives a different view about the creative journey that we haven't touched on so far in the episode. So I really hope you enjoy it. And let's just begin with my conversation with Samoa Blanchett. And we're recording. So hi, Samoa. How are you today? Hi, Alex. Great. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you. It's it's been a it's been a while. We have been working on this on on scheduling this for a couple weeks now. So I'm, I'm very excited that we have finally are here looking at each other through a screen. <laughs> so yeah. um a little intro about yourself. Um would you tell the audience who you are and what you do? Hi. So my name is Samoa. I'm a creative mastery expert. Um I specifically work with people who have really creative businesses and ideas who want to accelerate and amplify the kinds of results their business gets. And I do that by leveraging their own um, creative mind and allowing them to um, just be a lot more playful and like experience their mind, the the power of their creative mind um, more effectively. Like how did you get into this program or into helping creatives this way? What was your journey here? Um, so my first business was actually a graphic design business. Um, I kind of started it by accident. <laughs> like I was just like, ah, screw it. I'll just start my own business. Um, and it, it took off and I ended up speaking to a fellow web designer and we were just having a conversation and she was telling me about her web design business and like how she could grow it and talk and whatnot. And then she ended up telling me about this kind of like side business that she had as a, where she designed toys and her face lit up when she started talking about it. You could tell she was really passionate about it. And I was like, well, why aren't you focusing on that more? Like you seem more excited. And she was like, well, you know, I don't really like, I don't know, like it doesn't make that much money, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, okay, but this is like a multi-million dollar idea. Like if you really focused on it, you could make multiple millions of dollars really quickly. And she was like, you think so? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, will you help me? Like, will you consult with me? 
And I was like, sure. So I started consulting with her. And when she she was like launching a new to- toy line and everything. So it was perfect timing because I'm really great at launches. And she was able to make what she thought she was going to make in a year with like what her goal was to make in a year. She made it in three weeks with our work together. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. Exactly. Like podcasts, it's an auditory medium. So you cannot see me. But my jaw dropped. My jaw dropped intensely. Just a small visual to the people listening to this. My jaw dropped and I actually hit the table and I am very injured right now. Because the idea of making the work of a year in three weeks is amazing. Please tell me how you did this. Right. So the my and this is what I I've done it multiple times after that because I started I started I was like whoa like my face was the same it was like ha and it was with one deal too with one person like it was like ridiculous and so I and then I was like I wonder if I can do this again like with other people so I started marketing it and like people started hiring me and now I'm here uh so the more I worked with people the more my work developed and I was able to like actually put a method to the madness because at first I was like I don't know how this is happening it just is um (laughs) but what I've noticed now is like it's really it the concept is actually really simple so when we grow when we grow up we all end up growing up, becoming adults, but we're, we're, we don't actually grow up. There's always like this child inside of us that just wants to play. But what society has taught us to do is um, like not listen to that child because it's not productive and it doesn't help us do this. But what I've noticed is that the child, that child is actually what leads us to the fastest growth in all areas of our life. And it's because it has such a playful energy. It's not really attached to anything. So it creates so much freedom and so much potential, which means you can literally create and have anything you want in your life or in your business, whatever it is. So with this perspective, when I work with my clients, I'm always looking at ways that they're not being playful enough in their business. So it's like, where are they attaching themselves to certain things? Because usually like there cannot be play with attachment. So as soon as they're like, you're attached to something and you're like frustrated, you're feeling frustrated and you're feeling stuck and you're feeling all those feelings, you already know you're not being creative and you're not being playful. So when I consult with my clients, those are the things I'm looking at, both how they're doing it. And mostly we're focused on their business. So we're looking at how they're doing it in their business. Um, And usually what happens, so with that client, for example, she was very attached to a specific marketing strategy. She was like, this is how all the experts are doing it. This is how I should do it. This is what's going to get me the results I want. Um, But through our work together, literally like two or three sessions, (laughs) I started challenging her and like pushing her like outside of that, this box that she had built for herself um, in terms of like marketing. I was like, how can we make this more fun? How can you, because it's like, it didn't seem like the strategy she was doing, not only was it not working as well, she was also like not having fun with it. She was just like doing it because she felt she had to. So I was pushing her and like, Um, challenging her to think outside of any box like to not even have a box in terms of how she could market and thus to think about the simplest thing that she could think she could do so she came up this was not my idea and this is why I love my work because yes I can brainstorm with you and maybe share some ideas and perspectives but really my work is more under like we're go we go under the hood so like you start and it it almost like jump starts your creative mind for you because what ends up what ended up happening is she came up with this idea out of the blue she was like wait, there's a subscription box company that 
like in my in this in in the industry I'm in and I feel like if I pitch them like I could probably get in like do you think I should wait until like I'm bigger or do you think I should do it now and I was like why would you wait like just follow the dopamine follow the inspiration so she emailed them just sent them a very simple email talking about her product which I said was a multi-million dollar idea <laughs> so she was talking about her product and the company immediately responded and was like yes we're in we'd love to um order 10,000 <laughs> 10,000 units for our next um for our next box and they paid her <laughs> basically and that was how she was able to launch everything <laughs> That is so simple. And that's kind of the dream. That's also kind of the dream. But it's a, it, it's, it sounds to me like you're, I, like I have a conflictive relationship with coaches, I think. Mm -hmm. And I have said this before openly on the internet <laughs> mm -hmm. that a lot of coaches are con people. They're just selling, I, selling ideologies mm -hmm. to solve complicated problems. Mm -hmm. But to me, it sounds like you're more on the, I am going to find, I am going to work with you in finding what is your curiosity and what is your idea. And I'm going to make, like push you to do it mm -hmm. yep. because I, I think a lot of coaches go on like, oh, you have to be on that Instagrams and on the TikToks and, and on the LinkedIn's. What if they don't fit you? What if they don't fit who you are as a person? exactly and that's the biggest thing for me I that's why I don't even I don't even call my, myself a coach anymore I see it I see myself doing just more consulting in a way because I'm talking to you like I'm telling okay what do you want what do you what is it you want to create what is your goal oh I want to do xyz and it's like okay well now why haven't you created because I'm, I'm I've always been of the mindset and this is how children think by the way whatever you want you can have it like as long as it exists you can have it it's Like, as we grow up, we're told, oh, no, it takes time. Oh, no, it takes money. Oh, no, it takes all of this extra stuff that gets in the way from, like, the thing that you want and, and, and where you're at. So I think of it like a child. It's like, okay, you want this thing, so why don't you have it? What's in the way? And my, I'm always asking myself this question with my clients, even when I'm not with them. I'm like, why don't they have this? What's in the way? What's in the way? And so with that curious, and it's not from a, like, It's, it's from a very open, curious space because it, it can be anything. It can be something very logical and simple, like the way they marketing or their messaging or their branding or whatever. It could be the platform they're using. It could be that they're better off in person than online. Or it could be something in their, in like the way that they're perceiving money or people or whatever. Like it can literally be anything. So when you're open to it, You can actually get the answer. And the thing is, like, all of our mind, like, you don't actually need someone else to do this for you. Um, people just work with me because it's faster <laughs> and it's easier um, because I'm good at this. But it's like all of our, like, when you start asking your mind that question, your mind will either tell you or you'll, like, have a conversation with someone and the answer will come through. Like, it might take a little bit longer for you to actually get it and then put it into practice. But All of us have access to this information. Like, it's not something that, like, oh, I'm the only person who can do this for people. Like, all of us can do this for ourselves, and we do it for each other, even. Um, it's just that when someone specializes in it, they do it better and faster and all of that. Um, so, yeah, like, the whole, like, coaching, like, just teaching concepts that don't actually work or help and, or like doing the one size fits all approach. It never worked for me when I hired coaches that never worked for me. So I was very, I've always been very intentional about making sure that 
the and understanding that the fastest way to creating what you want is always going to come from the way that works best for you. It's never going to come from my journey or from someone else's journey. It's always going to be what's most aligned with your play. <laughs> like what's the most playful thing for you to do. That is that that is so deep. And it sounds so interesting because you're not coming from this is how I did it copy my method this is how you, it's more like it's all about you. Let's go deep and figure out who you are. Yes, and how you can do it and how were you always curious about play and because you mentioned like how children learn how children think were you always curious about that or is it something that you discovered later or how how did that work I think for me um I never lost my play <laughs> um I've always been like a very I've always been a risk taker um I moved out of my parents house at 18 even though I was super sheltered had Like I moved to a new city where I knew nobody and I had no job or anything. And I literally, and like no savings, nothing. I just wanted to move. So I moved. So I've always been the kind of person that just kind of like follows whatever thing I want to do. Like I'm just, I, and like figure out the consequences later. <laughs> and I've always like, I've always been fine. Like it's never been like a, Oh my God, this is not that. Like I've always been fine no matter what, what happens. So it really built my self-trust. So that perspective of like being playful and like playing with things and being curious about mm -hmm, like, what could I do or what could I try? I think it's just something that I refuse to let go of, even though again, people tried to take it away from me. It was just like, no, like this is mine. I am not letting this go. Um, cause again, I think it's something that everybody has it. Like we've had, we had it when we were children. It's just that to a certain degree, we end up forgetting how to like engage with that side of us. And then of course, when life gets hard and like you go through challenges, because that happens even with me, when I go through challenges or life gets hard, it's really easy to forget to play. It's really easy because it's like, now you have to put your adult hat on and fix things and do things. But when in reality, adults have messed up everything. Like every problem we have in society has been caused by adults. <laughs> And even our adult versions of us, the one that's like, no, like, let's follow these rules and da, da, da. A lot of times, like, we make it even harder for ourselves than we need to. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And that resonates so much with me because um, I lived there in the Netherlands. I used to live in mm -hmm. Germany and I was working full time and I I wasn't happy what I was doing. I said, okay, I'll just like go and do something else. And I figured out I'm going to move to the Netherlands. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do all these things. And my coworkers, they were like, you're going to just pick up and move to another country? I said, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I've done it before. And I was fine. Right. <laughs> and like, chances are like, that's the thing. There are horrible things that can happen to you. Yes, but chances are you're, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. like you're of most course. likely going it's going to be a challenge but that's part of the fun it's it's fun to be challenged right because you grow that's how you grow when you see each challenge is like that's what I try to do is like when I see a challenge come up I'm just like oh a game <laughs> like <laughs> a puzzle for me to solve okay how do I solve this where where do I go and it's the same with my clients they're like oh this is the challenge I'm having and I'm like oh yay a game <laughs> like <laughs> I'd love to play let's play together it's not like a oh no, challenge is bad. We need to push them away. What is wrong with you? Why are you going through challenges? Like you're not that high vibe. You're not that zen if you're experiencing challenges. Like, no, it's a normal part of life, especially if you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and you're trying to grow and expand yourself. So once you see it like that, like once you have that perspective and you hold it, because it's really hard to like let it go, 
uh, uh, hard to like hold it. Um, once you have that perspective and you keep it, you start ex- like not only do things happen much more quickly for you because we la- waste a lot of time um, being frustrated and being angry and like things that are happening to us and whatnot. Um, so once you have this different perspective, you're not spending all that time doing that. So you're not creating as many delays, but also your experience of life, like, and your quality of life just expands because you're not spending as much time being stressed about things, et cetera, et cetera. Like you're actually even enjoying the challenging parts of life. No toxic positivity. You're not saying there aren't challenges. It's like, there are challenges. There are hard things. It's just, let's look at it from a perspective that it's what can you do about it it's not there's no victim mentality of oh life is happening to me it's like no life is happening with you yes. and how are you going to tackle this I think that's a I, I see so many coaches they're like yeah everything is good everything is great no some things are going to be hard yes and you're gonna get angry you're gonna get pissed off and you're gonna get frustrated and, and sad you're gonna cry <laughs> you're gonna do all of these things you're gonna have anxiety it doesn't make you any less like that's what makes you human like that's the part that's why you're here to like experience all of it these these emotions and these experiences wouldn't be here if you weren't here to experience them and like if you really think about it if you were happy all the time Like, would you really enjoy happiness as much as you do when you finally experience it again? And all, if you were, if you felt abundant all the time, would you really enjoy that space of abundance as much if you never experienced it? If you, if you experienced it all the time? No, the, the, the beauty of life is the variety. So I really, oh God, toxic positivity pisses me off. Like, I can't deal with people like that. I'm just like, no, like, that it's, it's extremely harmful to people's psyche because we, like, think about, again, back to children. Like, children cry. They throw tantrums. They scream. They get angry. They throw, And it's all part of the creative process. I have created such cool things and made so much money from anger, literally because somebody pissed me off. I started my first business because my boss pissed me off. <laughs> And I was so angry. I started my business and now I'm here. Now imagine if I was like, well, I just need to be high vibe and positive all the time and everything's happening for my own good. I mean, it was, yes, but I still had a right to be pissed off and I still had a right to like respond in the way that I did. So yeah, I think there's definitely a balance of how you experience life. It's like, You don't go from it, like, you can be angry and not see yourself as a victim. You can be sad and you can be anxious even. And you can feel doubtful. You can feel afraid without seeing yourself as a victim. And you, so you experience those emotions. And then when you, when you felt all of it, you can be like, okay, what am I going to do now? What do I want to do? Where do I want to go? And you follow that. I love that. There's there's this book I, I I really like I have it like right there on above my my bed, it's uh, it's called Emotional Agility by Susan David, and she talks mm-hmm. about that the wide range of emotions that emotions just give you feedback. It's yes. uh, she tells this story and I I, gotta, I put it in the podcast as much as I can and I think it's really relevant right now. Mm-hmm. So she tells this story about how she was um, in another city away from her family away from her children, and because she had a conference that she was giving, and she felt very guilty and very angry at herself 
because she thought, okay, why do I feel these things? And uh, uh, one person would tell her, like one perspective would be, oh, you're so ungrateful. You have this great opportunity. You shouldn't feel this way. But she sat down and analyzed those emotions that I feel guilty because being a mother comes before my business and I am not with my children because of my business. So I feel guilty, mm-hmm. but I am here because of my children, because I want to be able to provide for them. Right. So her guilt was just her knowing that what her values are, that her values were that she's a mother first and everything else comes later. Right. So it's just information and understand that if you're angry at something, it's because something it's important to you. If yes. you're sad about something, it's because you love something. If you're excited about something, it's because you like something. It's just information. But we're taught, we're taught, we're taught, uh, that was such a British accent for no reason. We're taught <laughs> that um, some emotions are good and some emotions are bad. But it sounds right. like in your work, you're, you're welcoming the whole spectrum of life. Yes. It's not just the positive part. It's also channelizing everything into a creative career, into a productive creative career. Yes, exactly. Because all of it, like when my client, for example, um, I've had clients and these are powerful people doing really great work, but they, they'll get into like kind of a rut and they feel powerless and they're frustrated because they're used to feeling, you know, powerful and like they can do anything, but they feel powerless and, you know, they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, you know, this is how I feel and I'm frustrated and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm just like, okay. And you'll... You, and it's so crazy how they'll, cause like a lot of these people have had coaches and mentors that they've worked with and whatnot. So it's really interesting to see how they respond. Cause they're like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, you're not going to tell me that I shouldn't feel this way. Like I shouldn't act like be saying things from this perspective. And I was like, well, why would I do that? Like, how is that helpful? <laughs> like how would me judging you or shaming you for, for experience, for having this experience help you? And they're always like, huh, because they're judging and shaming themselves. So it gives, and, and what happens when you, because it's like, this is what I mean by those, those are the choices that create the delays. It's like, if you having an experience and you're adding judgment and you're adding shame to it, you're going to have the experience for a lot longer than if you seek to understand the experience and go, why am I experiencing this way? Why am I experiencing powerlessness? For example, why do I feel that way? Um, okay, so this is the situation. This is what I'm attaching to the situation. These are my attachments. This is this, this is that. So then you see to understand yourself better and you'll learn something about yourself, like maybe what your values are, like you said, or what you're truly passionate about, what you truly care about. But sometimes you'll start realizing, oh, there's a redirection happening. Oh, like I actually want to go this way. That's why I feel frustrated with this. And like, but because your 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 um attention is going to something different it's it's seeking to understand yourself better instead of judging yourself and when you understand yourself better you're able to again follow the dopamine you're able to follow what your like your creative mind is really leading you to because a lot of times when that happens it's just calling you to make a change like something needs to change if you're frustrated or whatever and things aren't flowing the way you are used to or you want them to Something just needs to change. And so when you approach it from a curious space instead of a judgmental space, you're actually able to figure out what that is much more quickly so you can leap back into action. Hey friend, it's Alex. Just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, 
you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And yeah, it supports the show. It will improve the algorithm for you. So it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like. And if you wish to support the show, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes, as well as a link to buy me a coffee, which yeah, will help pay for the hosting. And I also love coffee. But enough of my babble. Let's get back to the show. Wow. Sounds so logical, but I know a lot of people would not think about it. It's, it's really crazy. It's really crazy. And so now you mentioned uh, that your clients had coaches before and that you have had coaches before. Uh, could you tell me some stories about good coaches that you have, maybe not so great coaches that you had and your teachers and how that worked out? Yeah. So I've had three um, coaches like in like from business. I've, I've had many mentors before, like teachers who, who had taken me under their wing. But in terms of coaches, I've had three. My first one really introduced me to the coaching world, which was cool. Um, she was a bit abusive. <laughs> um, I don't think she meant to be. I don't think it was like intentional. But again, like she was very like there was a lot of judgment and shame from her. Um, and so eventually, like I ended up I ended up like it, it turned out like after being in a close relationship with her, I literally stopped making money because my child was not present because she was being abused. So um, I ended up stopping, make, I stopped making money and we stopped working together. Then my second coach, um, I worked with her for just two months. Um, she was absolutely brilliant. Like she had, she had, she had an incredibly brilliant perspective on everything. Um, and she helped me kind of get out of the rut that I was in from, the last <laughs> mentorship relationship. Um, but she was also abusive. She wasn't, I, I didn't experience her abuse myself because I guess I kind of like felt it. So I kind of got out as soon as I could. Um, but I've had, I've actually worked with people who had worked with her in the past who were literally healing from her abuse. Um, so I have noticed there are a lot of abusive coaches and mentors. And then um, my third mentor, like I've been working with her for, over two years now, I'm still working with her. I love her. She's amazing. Um, I've learned so much from her. She, her perspective is actually approaching everything with unconditional love. Um, and it's really, so not only has she modeled that, which means no abuse. Yay. <laughs> so she's modeled that, but, um, I've also like in, like in, like integrated that into my own practice with um, consulting with people just to like be there with them like and not just people but like everyone in my life like not just clients but everyone in my life and how I treat myself I've grown a lot in that because of um her um perspectives and I'm really really grateful to have met her that's amazing do you have any do you have any tips or how do you find a coach that works because I think it's also very important it's kind of like finding a therapist that yes. works for you and need to align very well what should you look out for like how long should you wait to check in or check out from a coach like I think there are questions that there's so many coaches out there right now like how do you know how to find a good one when do you like check in with yourself about because a coach is going to make you uncomfortable like a coach is going to challenge you that I think a, choice, a coach should challenge you. When do you know, or do you have an internal compass for it or how does yes. it work? So for me, like, I don't have a set, like, oh, like I'm going to decide for wait this long until before hiring someone or whatever. I don't really have a set system. It's more like I've always, when it comes to any relationship, especially any intimate relationship, 
I've built a very good um, relationship with my body because my body will often know things before I consciously do. So like it will feel uncomfortable or, or like, um, and not uncomfortable because the person is like challenging me, but uncomfortable with the person. So for example, the mentor before, um, (laughs) this is going to be a little funny, but (laughs) the mentor before this one, whenever I would get on a call with her, I was like a ball of anxiety and I literally felt like I needed to poop like right before the call. And it was just like anxiety. And at first I thought, I was like, oh, it's because she's going to challenge me to grow. But no, I was terrified of her, like terrified of her judgment, terrified of what she might say to me or how she might respond to me, you know, Uh, terrified of doing something wrong. My mentor has pushed me, my current mentor has pushed me so far out of my comfort zone, but I have never felt like a ball of anxiety when getting on a call with her or anything, because again, she literally like does her best to embody that space of unconditional love so in terms of looking for a coach I can say like when I transitioned to this one to finding the coach for me um I was in this space like I just felt like I didn't really want to be working with the person I was working with anymore like I felt that and I honored that before it got any anything happened like I didn't wait for something usually we wait for something bad to happen before we decide to move on with any relationship but I was like okay like I'm not really feeling this anymore I'm not really I don't I didn't really want to engage with her anymore so even though I was still in like her group and whatnot I just kind of like put a little distance I didn't show up because they were mastermind calls so I didn't show up on the mastermind calls as much and I was kind of just like looking for someone else so I I jumped on a few calls with people who like caught my eye and caught my interest. Um, I didn't really know what I was looking for, really. I was just kind of like, I'm looking for somebody. So if you can get more clear on what kind of guidance you're you're seeking or what kind of person you're seeking, that might help. But I had no idea. I was just like, I'll know what I'm what I'm what I'm looking for when I find it. And I would get on calls with people, and they would we would talk, and they would tell me how much, and I'd just be like, eh. You know, like there was no desire to like work with them. No real true like, yes, you know, like that feeling. That's what I was looking for. And then with my mentor, my current mentor, what actually happened was I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw her posts and it was just like, yes, I don't even remember what the post was about. I don't even think I really read it. I just, there was something about her that I was like, yes. So I started looking through her stuff and I couldn't find her prices on her website. And I was like, ah, screw it. I knew she was marketing this one month intensive. So I messaged her and I was like, hey, I'm interested in your one month intensive. Um, and in my head, it was going to be like a few thousand, a couple thousand dollars. I was like, okay, I can afford it, whatever. And she's like, oh, like it's $10,000 <laughs> for the month. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I I genuinely thought you were gonna say, "Oh, it's two hundred dollars," and you were like relieved. Oh my god, it, this really took me for a turn. Yeah, cute anxiety. <laughs> oh my god, it's ten thousand dollars for the month. You can do a deposit with a five k, so we can start, and then the other five k would be due in like three weeks. And I was just like, "Oh, okay. Well, um, I'll be right back." <laughs> Like, I'll be back in, like, maybe a month or so. I'm going to go try to get the money, <laughs> the deposit. And she was like, no, um, if you're going to start, like, you're going to, like, make a commitment now. And I was just like, I, 
I'm not really sure I can do that. I don't know. I literally, at the time, I had like $200 in my bank account at the time. So there was, I was like, I can't, how do, no. And she was like, how much money do you have? And I was like, I have $200 in my bank account. And she was like, okay, so you can send that as a deposit to reserve your spot. And then you'll have um, $1,300 due in two days. And then the rest of it will be due in a week. And I was just like, you're speaking a different language to me I'm not sure how you think I'm going to turn $200 into $5,000 in like a week. I I don't know how that's going to happen, especially because I was making like an average of like two or $3,000 a month at at the time. Um, And she was like, you can do it. And I kind of like thought about it and I was just like, honestly, I could. And like, I really want to work with her. Like, I don't want to wait anymore. I don't like, I'm kind of tired of this. I do want the support. So I just said, I was like, here's, here's the 200 um I'm gonna freak out I'm gonna go freak out a little bit and then I'll be back <laughs> just, and just low a second. I'm gonna go have a mental breakdown yes I'll be back. <laughs> but I'll be back it's okay <laughs> honor all the emotions <laughs> um and two days later um somebody messaged me they were like I want to work with you at the time I was selling something for $1,500 and she paid me $1,500 I paid the $1,300 I owed um and then you know I actually paid her the $5,000 deposit early like I was able to pay her early um because I was kind of in the space of just like focus I was like I'm making this money and so I did and I was able to pay her so that's how our relationship started and I don't regret it one bit it was a little stress it was no it was very stressful um that was it was a very stressful week for me um and I was really anxious because I'm the type of person if I say I'm gonna do something I'm gonna do it um so yeah definitely challenge and pushed out of my comfort zone and that didn't feel too good but you can tell in your body when someone's abusing you and when it's like they're just challenging you and then another thing to watch out for when you are in those kinds of relationships ask yourself the question do you feel comfortable communicating your discomfort with the person so with my mentor yeah because if it's a if it's a healthy um relationship dynamic you will feel uncomfortable and say I'm uncomfortable and the way that person responds is going to tell you a lot about what kind of person they are if they respond by shaming you or judging you that's abuse (laughs) that's abuse (laughs) if they are like I understand that is completely fine and they allow you to like, pro- like, why do you feel uncomfortable? What's coming up for you? What's going on? Where they're seeking to understand you and help you understand yourself. They don't have an agenda. They're not trying to push you to do the thing. They're really just ha- like challenging you to understand yourself more deeply. So you feel empowered to make the right choices. That is a healthy um, dynamic with a coach because your coach is never, uh, like a lot of, co- I feel like, and this is where the abuse part comes in. A lot of coaches feel like they're like God almighty, like what they say goes basically. Um, and that like, there's only one right way to do things. Whereas a true coach, guide, mentor, consultant understands that their perspective is just one perspective. They don't know what's good for you. They don't know what's right for you. They just have one perspective based off of the, their experiences and the information that they have. So they will share your pers- their perspective with you because you're paying them for that like meaning you value it but in the end it's always your choice what you do with that you can take it or you cannot take it 
Um, and you can also communicate what resonates and what doesn't. And cause I've done that with my mentor where she would guide me towards something. And at first I'd agree, but after taking it in for a little bit, I noticed resistance and I'd be like, okay, why am I resisting? So I'll, I'll, I may not know why, but I'll just tell her I'm noticing resistance to this. Can you help me figure out why? And she'll ask me questions or give me examples or scenarios. And then I can actually see like what feel what resonates with me and what doesn't and then go oh I think this is it and I made a different decision than what she guided me to but it felt even more empowering it actually helped me grow even more so it's really like like are is your sovereignty being honored in your relationship with your mentor if it's not then it's probably not a healthy relationship <laughs> I think it's so interesting and I love that you said like, I'm feeling resistance and you didn't even know to what or, mm -hmm. or why. And your coach like helped you work that. Okay. Why are you feeling resistance? Because many times we have those gut feelings. It's like, I don't, I don't like, I don't know why. And it's like, okay, this is going to be a bit of off topic. Do you know sociopaths and psychopaths? I don't know the difference. Yeah. So it's in their actions it's like, it's like how like as, uh, as far as i understand a sociopath will never act and a psychopath will oh okay and but we as neurotypicals are as not sociopaths or not psychopaths mm -hmm. we have an instinctive fear for them like we like we will feel that their energy that their brains works differently and we will have that gut feeling inside of us and that's instinct that's pure instinct that's just us that our bodies detecting a threat right and we don't understand why we may not know that person we just it's not even how they look it's how they feel it's it's a, it's an internal thing mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're you're on you're honoring that you're honoring that your body knows like your instinct like the the conscious part of our brain is actually very small compared to the subconscious part which is the part right. that's picking up everything around you mm -hmm. so it sounds like you're You, you're recommending somebody that gives you the space to say like, hey, this is not okay. I don't know why. I don't know what's happening right now, but maybe you can help me figure it out. Yes, because that's, that's really what their job is and what they're there for. Um, so it's like, if you don't feel safe doing that with someone that you're entrusting with guiding you through your growth and whatnot, because part of your growth is understanding yourself more deeply and feeling empowered by your decisions. So if you're kind of just in the space of just doing what you're doing and making the choices you are because your mentor told you to or your coach told you to and you're not really checking in with yourself to see if it aligns with you then that's not empowering for you and it actually creates codependence with the person but what you're really seeking is an interdependent relationship where you trust the person you trust their advice you want their guidance And you also trust yourself and your own advice and your own guidance. And those two things can come together to broaden your perspective and broaden your experiences and um, get you kind of like the point is like just to get you there faster and have a better experience of whatever it is that you're going to experience. So um, that's why like I feel empowered making my own choices, even if they like don't necessarily align with what my mentor initially suggested that I do. Because this literally happened like last week where I was talking to her about a situation I was in and it was actually a personal relationship and I didn't know what to do with it. Like, should I end it? Should I like do this? Should I do that? And she actually suggested that I end it. And I was just like, yeah. And like, we, we talked about it and I even convinced myself as to why it was a good decision to end it. 
So I was just like in this space of like, yeah, I'm going to end it. Screw it. Screw that person. Um, <laughs> and I was like super quote unquote empowered about it. But then when we got off the call, I thought about it. And I was just like, there's something that feels off about this. There's something that feels unfair about this. And when I really, um, and I couldn't figure it out. And I spoke to my mentor and she was like, do you feel like this person is giving you something that you're missing? And I was like, no, like, that's not what it is. Like, she was asking me certain questions to see, like, are, do I have, like, specific attachments to this person? And I was like, no, that's not, that's not really it. I already checked in with myself, and that's not there. Like, I feel like I'd be fine if I ended the relationship, but it just feels wrong to do that. Um, and so when we thought about, when we talked about it some more, I was like, oh, it feels wrong because I feel like I'm coming from just my perspective and I didn't actually communicate with this person, like how would they did hurt, hurt me or, or how it made me feel. And I honestly feel like it wasn't an, their intention. And I want to kind of give them a chance to like, both like, not just like explain themselves, but also like change their behavior if they're like to, to commit to doing that, if that's what they want. If that's not what they want, then I'd feel a lot better ending the relationship and so I got I came to that conclusion and she was like so go do that and that is what I did and I'm so grateful that I did because I was going to end this relationship that I wasn't really I didn't really want to end because I was angry and like I didn't want to come from that space so um I wanted to come from the space of love so um she got me there like I don't I might have gotten there to that point maybe but it probably would have taken even longer. <laughs> or I might have just been like, ah, screw it. I'm not even going to listen to that side of myself. I'm just going to end this and just would have ended it because it would have actually been more comfortable for me to do that. Wow. That is that is so deep. And it sounds like also like a coach, like you have a coach or a, a mentor, really, mm -hmm. that it's not only there, it's not going to tell you, yeah, that's not my side. That's not my field. That's, I'm here for you at this level. I'm not here. And that's something that we talk about in the podcast a lot when it comes to teachers, that there are teachers that would limit themselves to just their subject or just their scenario. Mm -hmm. But there are the really special ones, the ones that stay with you, that go a little bit further than that. I had, I was interviewing this woman named Esther, who was a teacher in Spain. And she was a teacher that all the troublemakers in class liked. Mm -hmm. And another teacher asked her, like, how do you do this? Like, how, why do they like you? Why do they respect you? She just said, I just learned their names. Oh I, just, I, just, I, just, I just speak to them by their names. I don't call them you or troublemaker or anything. I just call them. I, if I see them on the hall, I'll say hi to them by name. They exist for me. Like they know that they exist and exist for them. So we're, I'm not just a teacher. I am the teacher that knows their names. Like mm -hmm. it's just going that little bit extra mile. Yes. And it's, it's beautiful. And how do you do with your, like when I create, because creatives, we are very erratic minded. I say like we, we want everything. We want everything and we want it now. Like how do you approach coaching a person that is, It, and we also, we're all in our fields. We're also mm -hmm. in our fields all the time. How are you as a coach? You invoke that inner child, yes, but how do you, I don't know, operate that very chaotic machine that is a creative mind? Yeah, I was saying I'm very, like the relationship I have with my clients can get really deep and really intimate. So it's really important to me that I work with people like I enjoy working with. Um, and we're working on things that excite me also and that I believe in. Because honestly, that's how 
my brain works too. If I'm not really excited, then I can't really give you any much helpful guidance in the first place. So that is really important. But also it's important that my clients um, take responsibility for their work because the results, the kinds of results that are possible with us partnering up together don't happen if they're not in a space to like take full responsibility for their own results. So that's another thing. It's like, you know, whatever the journey looks like, it's like for you to be in that space of like, I know I'm responsible for my results. Samoa is just here to amplify and accelerate things. But either way, my results are like, you have to be in this space of kind of like, my results are, um, what's the word? Like, they're going to happen anyways. Like the life I want to build, the results I want to get, the business I want to build, like it's happening. It's inevitable. That's the word. It's inevitable. But I'm working and I'm working with Samoa because she has a perspective that I value that will, will, that I believe will both accelerate this path and amplify the kinds of results I can get. But either way, I'm getting those results on my own. Like it doesn't matter who I work with or what I do. So they like, usually my clients have this perspective already. So then when we start working together, no matter how chaotic they are, no matter what's going on in the back end, we're both on the same page around that. Your results are inevitable. I'm just here to like really just like challenge you and allow you to accelerate and amplify that. So then what ends up happening is when there is chaos, because it's part of the journey, it's part of the whole creative everything, when there is chaos, we're able to tackle it together. It's, it's like a partnership, really. Like we're able to tackle the chaotic energy together because there's always a gift in the chaos. The funny thing is like, we'll see chaos and we'll be like, oh no, like we must like resist chaos and push it away. But there's always, oh my God, there's so much creativity in the chaos. It's really like sorting through it. And I'm really good at that. <laughs> it's really sorting through all the chaos, whether it's the chaos of the emotions or it's the chaos, just like the creative chaos. It's really just sorting through all of it and finding the gift and then leveraging the gift to again, create the acceleration that you want to have. It is. And on the way, we're going to like um, blast music and laugh and like have a great time on the way instead of like a silent car ride. Like you feel it trying to like focus and like trying to figure things out on your own and trying to figure your directions out and all of that. It's like I'm in the passenger seat like, oh, make this turn there. I know a short, shortcut. Let's go that way. Oh, do you like this song? <laughs> oh, why are you so quiet? What's going on? You know, like we're livening up the experience and also making sure like you get there, like not that you get there, but like you have a great experience while on, on the road and you also maximize um, the potential that you actually have, like everything that you can actually create. You're just maximizing it all, but you're already going to do it on your own. Like, it's like, I'm not worried about my clients getting what, what they're going to get, like where they're going to get, like with or without me, they're going to get there. And how do you bring in rest? So you're in this car ride and you're enjoying it. Do you ever tell them to stop the car and enjoy the view or stop for burgers? Because as creatives, we always want to be making and creating and pushing and pushing and pushing. Do you ever have to tell somebody like, hey, enjoy the now? enjoy the today enjoy this moment yes I have to remind my clients of this all the time to like remember to enjoy the present I don't tell them to necessarily stop um because I don't think it's my place to tell them when to stop but I just remind them to tune in with themselves so it's like I know as a creative I just kind of forget sometimes to pause and smell the roses I've gotten a lot better at it recently like the last few months because I've actually been focusing focusing on being more present 
And it had, let me tell you, it's amazing. It does wonders for everything, <laughs> for your life experience. But so with my clients, the most of the time, the reason they need to like, um, the reason I remind them is when they're in a place where they're either projecting into the future of like what could happen and they're like anxious and all of that, or they're like going back in the past, like re-examining the past on what they could have done or what they should have done, etc. That's usually when I remind them like, you know, past already happened. You can't do much about it. It's already happened. All you can think about is like what you can do about what you're experiencing now. And again, like you're projecting into the future and like you really like you get to decide what your future looks like. So it's like, is that the future you really want to choose? So it's like just reminding them that they, you know, they have that choice that they are empowered beings because sometimes we forget. Um, And so it's just like reminding them that like the person that has all the power right now is the being in the present like the be the person they are right now so it's like they get to choose they get to create and go from there but if my clients are in a like creative like um bubble and they're just like going and going and going and going and that's the space that they're in and they want to create i'm not gonna stop them i'm be like go ahead do your thing remember to eat and drink water <laughs> and sleep <laughs> you know yeah. so you don't crash and burn because we tend to do that sometimes or we crash and burn remember to do that but um other than that, like, it's your process. So you get to enjoy it however you want. I love it. I, again, it's not, you're not in a position of saying, like, I'm God, I know everything. It's more like, hey, I am here for the ride <laughs> to ride along with you. you. But you're driving. Yeah, exactly. The, my perspective is actually you're God because it's your life. It's your, like, you are the creator <laughs> of all of it. So it's like, I'm definitely not God. <laughs> definitely not when it comes to your life I'm the creator of my life my experience and you're the creator of your experience so will I give you advice will I tell you what I see yes of course um if you're just if you're trying to decide between one thing or another I'll be like well it's your decision do whatever you want I will I'm assuming you're asking me because you want to hear my perspective so I'll tell you my perspective um what I think would be helpful I might even tell you like which path I think would be the best for you to go on but ultimately it's always your decision nice yeah sounds like a healthy house sounds like a healthy not abusive relationship right exactly <laughs> um so my last I, I'm loving this I love this question but I want to respect for your time my last question would be where do you think like creative mentorship, creative coaching, creative education is going to go in the future? Because again, we have so many coaches right now and there is this question for people who want to enter, either they are young and in high school thinking about becoming creatives or they are like already adults and they want to go into the creative field. And then they ask, should I go back to school? Should I find a mentor? What should I do? Where do you think this will go? Do you think it will? It's it's going to change? Do you think it has already changed? Where do you think we are? Um, and where do you think we'll go? We talked earlier about anger. Um, the educational system angers me, <laughs> um, and for that and for that reason, I do want to actually be a pioneer to change the educational system because it really um, it's really not conducive. Not only does it is it not conducive to creative expansion it actually robs people of their creative expansion. Um, when you look at the way that school systems like just 
from K through 12 schools are like they're all about they're all about you falling in line following the rules having one authority usually the teacher in the classroom like there's not and and like if you try to if you like I've even experienced this where with math problems if you try to if you solve a math problem and you get the right answer but you go about it a different way than the teacher may have taught you um you still get it wrong or you still get point off things like that so there's not much they like there's not much space to like promote innovation and creativity and all of that and then you also see that when you when you graduate when you tell your parents or you tell people you want to go into a creative field people tell you oh no you're gonna be broke but there's a starving artist mentality so there are a lot of beliefs in society um that stem from the educational system that tells us that creativity isn't valuable um and yeah that it's not valuable and for that reason I want I actually want to be like in the near future hopefully. Um, I'm working on it. I want to create a, a different system for education where people are, from a young age, people are being encouraged to, um, in the same way that I do for my clients, they're being encouraged to really pursue their their, their biggest, their, their highest creative drive and really like throw themselves behind it. So to answer your question around um, whether people should go back to school or get a mentor. I think it really depends on what you're doing and where you're at and what you feel would be important. For example, sometimes you need to go to school to like learn specific skills. And sometimes you can learn, and now with the internet, you can learn skills on YouTube or like on on, on other like website, like course websites and whatnot. So it really depends. For example, I'm a self-taught digital artist um, because I've always wanted to learn to, to paint and procreate, but I wasn't able to to learn when I was a kid and so I just bought an iPad and I started and I bought a course and I started learning and I started practicing and now I'd say I'm pretty good. So, you know, some things you need to go to school for, some things you don't. Like it's really like a personal decision. And then it's the same thing with like having a coach or a mentor. Um, we talked about how to choose the right mentor for you. So it's like it's really just like be like your creativity is sacred. It's extremely valuable. No matter what anyone is telling you, like it's probably the most valuable no not probably it is the most valuable um thing that you'll ever have because it's yours it's unique to you nobody can take it from you nobody can rob it nobody can steal it unless you allow them to and it is the thing that I leverage and each client that I work with it is the thing that I help them leverage to accelerate things and amplify the kinds of results and the lifestyle that they want so if you let someone take it away from you and you let someone rob it from you, then you you're robbing yourself of an of an amazing, like unbelievably abundant life. So all I'm saying is be aware, be very, very like intentional about who you let have access to that and um, have access to shaping your perspective of your creativity. Because if you have, if it in the wrong hands, it will literally, it, it will set you back. No one can ever take it from you or steal it from you. But again, delays and delays and delays. And, you know, we're mortal, you know? So, <laughs> like, it's a lot of time wasted for no reason. And I'm speaking from my own experience. Like, I could have been much further than I am now had I not had my creativity robbed from me from an early age. So, um, or had to like even had to protect it from an early age. So we all experience that, especially as creatives. The more creative you are, and the more you you hold on to that creativity, the more ostracized you'll be by society. But keep going, hold on to it, and find the people that are going to fully, unconditionally support that.
what a beautiful way to end this episode. I mean, wow. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this is so great. I have I have already like three people in mind that need to listen to this interview. <laughs> like right now, like in my head. Um, so now as we come to an end, is there anything you want to promote? Do you have maybe a course coming up or do you have a book or a movie that you think creatives would benefit from? Um, I don't have a course. I have a book I've been reading. Um, it's a psychological book, actually. So it and it was really crazy reading it because, again, I came up with all these perspectives from just my work with people. But it was really cool to see mm -hmm. like these psychological studies like confirm a lot of the things that I already knew. And it was just like, whoa, and it, they're just saying it in a different way. Okay, so the name of the book is called The Creative Self. The Effects of Beliefs, mm -hmm. Self-Efficacy, Mindset, and Identity. And basically, it, it's a very scientific book. So if you if you get bored easily, you might not. It might not be an easy read. But, and honestly, it, it's something that you want to digest slowly. Because <laughs> that's how I, I'm reading it. Like, I'm, I'm taking notes and highlighting. I have, like, sticky notes in there. Because it really helps you see just, first of all, just how powerful your creative mind is. And, like, how it shapes everything in your life literally everything in your life things that you don't even realize it's shaping it's shaping so it helps you see that and then it also helps you like not just understand it but like see how you can start changing things how you can start shaping your mind in the way that you actually want to shape it because it, it has been shaped already it's been shaped by other people by society by different structures and systems so now you kind of you you're able to take that power back and shape it in the way that you want to but it's not a self-help book it's literally just a psychology book and i love it for that <laughs> because you get to choose you get to decide how you like you get the information and then you get to decide how, what you want to do with it That's a great book recommendation. And I, I love that you said it's not a self-help book. Everybody should know that it's not a self-help book. <laughs> yeah, because because a lot of people don't want to read self-help books. So it's great. I, it's from a scientific perspective, psychological perspective. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Samoa, for this interview. It has been really amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a really great conversation. Yay. Um, that's music to my ears. <laughs> That was such a long episode, folks, but it, it went by so fast for me, at least like during the interview and editing it. It just went by so fast because I love someone's energy. I have to be honest. I really love her energy, her effervescence, the way she talks, the things she talks about. And I hope you got something out of it and that you want to reach out to her. Uh, you'll find all her links, all her stuff to her social media. It's on the show notes, as well as the book she recommended as well as a link to her own podcast, Creative Mastery with Samoa Blanchett, which I have enjoyed very much. And if you like this episode, you would love that show too. So check it out and check out all the other amazing things that she has put out for us all to enjoy. And as we come to the end of the show, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations and please subscribe to the show and give us a review or give us any feedback. You can reach out to us on social media as well. All the links are in the show notes to let us know if you have questions you would like to ask creatives, what would you would like to learn? If you have somebody to recommend, please let us know. I am here to make something great for you. That said, again, thank you and hope to be again in your ears next week. Keep learning and stay curious. Bye.